When it comes to your education, there's no need to settle. Get the interactive and purposeful education that you and employers demand from Colorado State University Global Campus. You'll get personalized, career-driven learning created and taught by today's industry leaders. CSU Global was built to help students succeed with affordability, flexibility, and individualized support. It's time to expect better. Find your path to the career you want at csuglobal.edu, where online education isn't another thing we do. It's all we do. This is Bless You Boys Podcast 92, recorded Saturday, November 9th, 2013. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Swing, gentlemen! Watch it Welcome to Bless You Boys Podcast, where the editorial staff of Bless You Boys gets together to kick around the last week or so of Detroit Tigers baseball. Uh, this week, it's not the editorial staff per se, it's the managing editing staff, actually, as Hookslide take, takes the week off to do some family things. Uh, but this week, just uh, myself and Kurt talking uh, Tigers, so uh, to get the introductions out of the way. Uh, I'm Al Beaton, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. Uh, you know me as Big Al on the site. I also consider myself the uh, the podcast wrangler, as you know, as uh, as they say, blog um, uh, wrangling bloggers is like wrangling cats. <laughs> so, but anyway, here's the the, the co-managing cat of Bless You Boys. He's also a uh, columnist for the Detroit News. He does numerous things for SB Nation, and he is a king of the UP. And that would be Kurt Menching. Kurt, how are we doing? Oh, not too bad. Uh, how about you, Al? Oh, uh, I've been better. Michigan would be playing any better, but what can, what can I say? You know, I'm probably you know, out of fire, one, everybody. The, the, one, the one time, well, <laughs> the one time I hope they beat somebody, and yeah. this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. If uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan State needs Michigan to beat Nebraska, don't they? Not needs, well, they, but they it would help need their... It, but it, it, would, it, it helps. It would help, exactly. And uh, Well, let's uh, concentrate on baseball so I can... Uh, ignore uh, Nebraska getting ready to score another touchdown. Yes, they just scored. Okay, enough of that. All right, a little about the podcast. If you want to contact us, uh, questions, comments, love letters, hate mail, uh, bybpodcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at gmail.com, at Bless You Boys on Twitter, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash bybtigers. And for the most part, uh, you know, through uh, the either Twitter or Facebook are really good ways to get a hold of us. Like yesterday on Facebook, I had to exp- I explain someone exactly what they need to do to change their feed for the podcast as I change the host. So let me remind you all about that. Very simple. Whatever podcast uh, catcher you're using, whatever program, be it iTunes or the numerous programs on Android or on the web, just do a search for Bless You Boys Podcast. There will be a new feed it should say something to the equivalent of Bless You Boys podcast, blog, talk, radio, feed. That will have all the new contact of, uh, content of the Bless You Boys podcast. 
the old content, uh, uh, the old uh, feed is going to be uh, a strictly uh, archival at this point. So, and of course, you can find everything directly downloadable on the website at blessyouboys.com. But if you're following through RSS or through a podcatcher, just uh, search for the new feed. It's easy to find. All right, Kurt, lots going on. Uh, I guess there's a new manager. Uh, there's uh, really yeah, Lloyd McClendon landed okay. on his feet. Trade rumors around Max Scherzer, free agency rumors, and the Tigers are, aren't doing much of anything at this point. And awards season is upon us, but uh, I guess we should start with Osmond. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the 44-year-old, 18-year Major League veteran, the former Tigers catcher during the bad old days of the late 90s, he was given a three-year deal by Dave Dombrowski that includes a club option for a fourth season. Uh, since retiring, Osmus has been in the Padres front office. His only management experience was running Israel's national team in the 2013 World Baseball Classic. Kurt, uh, you know, he, he did very well at the, uh, at the press conference, and he said all the right things. And he, as we're going to talk about, he's going to bring back some of the more important coaches. But, you know, as good as his hire looks, since he was seen to be the hot a candidate amongst several teams, specifically the Cubs, uh, it's kind of early to really make any kind of judgment on this, isn't it? Yeah, incredibly early. I mean, it's hard when when you've seen a manager for, you know, years, it's hard to say how much impact he has on a team. So here, here we have a guy with no experience at all. I mean, who knows how this is going to turn out? Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's, it's impossible to say, but you know what? I, I was asked uh, last week, uh, somebody said, you know, couldn't they find somebody with any experience at all? And it got me thinking, in sports, you know, college sports, pro sports, you name it, in sports, they're always getting the guy with experience who's just been fired from his previous job. So if he's so bad as to be fired from his last job, what makes him a good candidate for your job? So maybe maybe it's okay to go out and, and get a guy without well, get a guy who hasn't been fired yet, anyway. Yeah, and just uh, maybe for the yin to the yang, it's interesting that uh, when Lloyd McClendon was hired by the Mariners, uh, the Mariners blog and SB Nation and their fan base really were very meh about the whole thing, considering just another retread. They, were, they weren't, uh, it wasn't a very exciting hire, let's put it that way. At least with Osmus, I guess with the, the sense of unknown there, uh, it's given us a lot to talk about. Right, and, and he's he's already excited people because he he might not be as allergic to stats as some people thought Jim Leland was. Right. So you know, so even though I I thought he gave a very political answer to the question about sabermetrics, mm-hmm. I, and I don't I don't and, and the follow up uh, you know outside the press conference, I I I think people might be reading a little bit too much into it, and I you know they from the from the sabermetric perspective, I think they might be a little too excited too early. But, you know, it's clear this guy is not, not going to be Jim Leland. He's going to be Brad Osmus. Yeah, and uh, the goal of Kurt said he kind of gave it a, a down-the-middle answer in that uh, he said there was a place for stats and numbers, but he didn't want to overwhelm the players with them. But uh, realistically, uh, when it comes to the numbers, Kurt, uh, it just comes to putting together the lineups and looking for trends and, and that sort of thing. It doesn't involve the players much at all, does it? No, no, uh, you know, and it isn't just just batting or, you know, he mm-hmm. used the example of, well, you know, 
telling a guy that it, on you know he throws a fastball sixty seven percent of the time and the two one count doesn't really help and you know right. that that's that's probably true you know it's up to the batter to decide what helps or what doesn't help but you know it's up to the manager to know whether Phil Cole can get a right hander out yeah <laughs> say the least but. Uh... I guess in the uh, what's interesting about the hire though, Kurt, this really seems in a way is kind of a flavor of the month type of thing. In that, uh, much in thanks to the success of uh, the Cardinals, Mike Matheny, who is uh, took the, who's done very well in his two years uh, running the uh, St. Louis team, uh, hiring managers with little to no I wouldn't even say little to, with no experience at all seems to be the go-to move this season. Uh, teams are staying away from retreads, uh, and Austin's being the latest. So. I guess I'll put. I guess you can put it this way: If the guy is impressive enough to, you know, literally blow the socks off of David Dombrowski in the press conference, and factor in that he's an 18-year veteran of the major leagues, uh, I'm not too concerned about the lack of management experience. I don't know how you feel on this, though. No, I mean I'm not too concerned either. And and you know he he's got a guy with experience sitting next to him on the bench anyway. He's you know bringing back Gene Lamont, so. He, a guy with maybe too much experience, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, he's he's not a he's not a spring chicken. But uh, you know, I, I I really I don't I I think where management experience might help, you know, is is not just the, the game of calling baseball. He's he's a catcher. He played for 18 years, you know, squatting behind the dish, watching the game unfold in front of him. He's obviously seen enough baseball to know how the game works, and he's worked with enough managers to know, you know, what what kind of game he'd like to run, uh, you know, as a manager. So I, I'm really not that, 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 that doesn't worry me at all. But the guy is coming into this with, you know, no experience dealing with, you know, a fan base that mm-hmm. is ferocious. If you use the wrong relief pitcher, you know, uh, he's coming into a, a team with expectations. He, he's, he says, Hey, I, 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 I was the catcher with 20-year-old Clayton Kershaw, and, and I, know the, I know the clubhouse. And I have no doubt that he knows the clubhouse as a player, but how is he going to be knowing the clubhouse as the guy in charge of it? He hasn't been in that position before. So that, that's, you know, those are the areas that worry me. Sure, he's, he can say, oh, yeah, I'm, I feel confident, and I hope he does feel confident because he needs to be confident because it's not an easy job, and if he isn't confident, they're going to run him right over. But we don't know how he's going to be in these situations because he's never been in these situations. Yeah, and you could say that pretty much about a vast majority of these managerial candidates out there, uh, either in that we don't know how they've been able to hand, how they would handle a team, or for that matter, the guys who are considered retreads were fired for reasons. Um, you know, sometimes just because they had sucky rosters, but there, there are other reasons when it comes to running the team. I mean, look at Alan Trammell, who. Uh, well, I guess I, that might be uh, might be the worst case scenario, Kurt. When it comes to uh, Brad Ausmus, Alan Trammell uh, didn't have all, much of much of if any experience when it came to running the team, and the veterans on that team essentially just ran roughshod over him. Uh, I guess that would be the fear of Ausmus that some of the older veterans kind of set in their ways. Uh, I mean, I don't see any Pudge Rodriguez's on this team per se. It, 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 I mean, he was the ringleader who helped undermine Trammell, but I guess that could all that could that could be. I guess that's the one big concern with Brad Osmus is that we just don't know how he's going to handle players. I mean, right. in, in the clubhouse. Not not. I'm not worried about the on-field stuff. It's all about the clubhouse at this point. 
Right, right. And, you know, you, you bring up Trammell, that's a good case. And, you know, one thing you hear is people go, well, he was a sacrificial lamb on a, given, given an awful roster, and they fired him because he lost. I don't think that was the case at all. I think they fired him because he had no control. Yeah. You know, whether whether you talk about what happened on the airplane or you talk about what happened in the clubhouse, you get, you get Higginson or you, you get Podger, you know, you you name it. It was clear that he didn't have control, and that's why he had to be fired. I mean, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. he didn't have anything to do with the roster. If he was if he was running a, a, a smooth clubhouse and he was the guy in charge and he didn't have anyone good, I'm not going to fault him at all. But he was just being run right over by by these you know oversized personalities, and uh, we 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 just don't know with Osmus. Maybe exactly. uh, maybe Osmus will come in. He'll get Victor Martinez. He'll get Justin Verlander on his side, and these guys will you know put their teammates in their place right from the start because they seem to be the, you know, the leaders in there. Uh, and that, that's what he has to do. He has to, he has to get people to buy into it right away. And he, he has to make sure he's got some allies in his, in his veteran leadership. And I think if he does that, he'll be okay. But, you know, like you said, we're not going to know until it actually happens. Yeah. And speaking of all that, doesn't that, I think the bringing, doesn't the bringing back Gene Lamont as bench coach and Jeff Jones as a pitching coach, that might ease the transition somewhat and that uh, there's an experienced buffer uh, who are more, have, have a couple familiar faces on the, uh, on the coaching staff uh, that can help ease Osmus into some of this. Yeah. You know, and it goes both directions, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're the middle guy. So, you know, the players can say, can, can say to Gene or, or to Jeff Jones, uh, I'm not sure about this. I, you know, I, I don't know if I like that and, mm-hmm. and they, they can bring it up the ladder. Uh, so that, that, you know, that, that can help as an early warning system to help Brad Osmus know if he's, if he's going in the right or wrong direction. On top of that, it goes in the other direction. Jones and, uh, and Lamont could say, hey, you know, we've been around these guys. This is how, you know, yeah. this is how this guy works. This is how this guy works. This mm-hmm. is what you have to do to, to, you know, this guy needs you to push him and, and be, be a disciplinarian. This, this guy doesn't want to be pushed. He's going to work it out. You know, having those those guys with all that wealth of knowledge helping Osmus to know how you push each individual to get the best out of them, that, that that's going to go a long way, I think. Yeah, it's uh, and for that matter, we should also mention that uh, Dave Clark, not of the Dave Clark Five. That's a well, that's a that, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a reference that'll go over, I think, ninety percent of the <laughs> listenership's head because they're all younger than 50. <laughs> I, had, I had to Google it myself. Yeah. <laughs> but he uh, joined us, uh, He joined the staff on a two-year deal. He will be a third-base coach so uh, and outfield instructor. So I guess, Kurt, uh, we can say goodbye to Tommy Brookins. So uh, his, the one-year uh, odyssey of Tom Brookins at third-base coach came to uh, well, a sad end. So, But he'll land on his feet somewhere. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in Seattle. Yeah. And and, and that's a good segue, I should say, into uh, we must say our goodbyes to Lloyd McClendon. As you mentioned earlier, uh, the Tigers hitting coach was named manager of the Mariners, much to the uh, shoulder shrugging of the Mariners fan base, uh, calling him a retread. But uh, Lloyd McClendon, I don't think he's going to be – you know, it much occurred for much of the retread that they're yelling from Lloyd McClendon. For for what he accomplished in Detroit, I, I think most most of the fans here, uh, I think, gave him a little too much short shrift. For all the screaming, oh, my God, this team strikes out too much, or, oh, my God, they can't get the runner home from third, uh, under Lloyd's watch, they've had uh, Miguel Cabrera win a triple crown. Uh, 
They've had uh, players such as uh, Austin Jackson blossom into very productive major league ball players. So, and play, you know, so I can understand why the Mariners would go with McClendon. You know, uh, a young team. Who knows how it's going to end? But I think McClendon will do fine out there. I. Well, like Osmus, I don't know how we'll do all this. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's, and again, like Osmus, you don't know how much the manager actually affects things anyway. Yeah. But I, 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 look, I, I would have been in the same position as the mayor. I didn't want, I didn't want any of the Tigers coaching staff to be promoted to manager. I, I think I we thought, can all agree with that. I yeah. thought that would have been kind of a boring way to go, kind of a, Meh, you know, you and, that, and be honest with you, know? that rarely works anyway. We've seen it happen with the Detroit Red Wings, for example. Yeah, so I, you know, so I, I can understand where they're coming from. But when you got some exciting figures like, you know, like Tim Wallach or, you know, Brad Osmith, who, 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 who everyone is talking about, and then you get the guy that used to manage the Pirates, you know. Yeah. It, I, I, I understand why they wouldn't be excited. It might turn out, it might not. Who's to say? I don't know. But at least it gives them an excuse to use the gift of uh, Lloyd stealing first base over and over and over. So. Yeah, I'm gonna miss that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a sad day for us, but uh, it, it, it's to the um, the Mariners fans' advantage. So, all right, uh, let's start moving around to uh, some of the well uh, personnel matters that are going on with the Tigers right now. Uh, the biggest of which, uh, well, other than free agency starting, and there really hasn't been much happening. Uh, since free agency uh, began a few days ago. But earlier in the week, uh, Ken Rosenthal fired up the rumor mill as he's wont to do with his bow tie. Uh, he writing early on that in free agency that Max Scherzer could be a trade candidate. Uh, you know, and he threw out there, for example, I believe the, the Washington Nationals as a trade partner. Not, not that there was anything brewing, just that he thought it would be a good match there. Uh, this really seems to be a consensus crew on any of these Scherzer trade rumors. I mean, we talked about this at the podcast you know, six months ago. It really seems uh, uh, the consensus seems to be it's a it's a possible scenario, but a, an improbable one, just because of where the Tigers stand right now. That they're all in the Winter World Series. Uh, that the fact that if they really wanted to get major the best value for him, that time may have passed because he's a lame duck, one year left on his contract. And if you want to win a World Series, trading your ace isn't a good way to start. Right. You know, your second point, that, I think that, that's the big one, is that the, the time to trade Max Scherzer was last offseason when yeah. he had two years left. Uh, when he has one year left, you're not going to get as much value in return. You're, you're just not because he's, he's a rental. And you're going to get something in return, sure, but you're, you're probably not going to get the kind of package that uh, – that you'd be looking for, you know, and, and we, we we always see that we 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 saw it, you know, with with Granderson, he had a few years left when he was traded, so he he brought mm-hmm. a little bit more. And, and sure, there's teams out there that might say, hey, this this uh, this Cy Young winner, this is just what we need. We'll we'll give something up, but is, is it enough to make it worthwhile to Detroit? That's the question. Uh, I don't, and I don't think it will be. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I just don't see anything happening on the, on that front because his value to other teams is probably not going to be quite so high as his value to the Tigers. So that, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for you know, a lot of people talking about trading for prospects, you don't trade 
a Cy Young winning pitcher for prospects. You trade him for surefire major leaguers who can fill starting positions on your roster. And, you know, right now, it, 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 like you said, the, I don't think the offers are really going to be coming for that for, uh, unless, unless there has to be that one specific team that really sees uh, Scherzer and I can put them over the hump. But then again, there has to be a match there. They have to be willing to give up stuff that uh, the Tigers would want, specifically a second baseman or a left fielder. And, and, and please, I don't want to hear, let's, tra- let's get some relief help. Because you don't trade starters for relievers. That's stupid. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's, you don't, that's not getting enough value. As part of a package, getting a reliever, sure. But as the uh, centerpiece of a trade, that's dumb. You do not trade starters for relievers. You just don't do it. Uh, what also fired up this, Kurt, is that Scherzer was asked, I believe, on Major League, Baseball's, uh, Major League Baseball Network, uh, that... Uh, about any kind of talk over and a contract extension. And Scherzer uh, fueled the speculation about a trade by saying there had been no discussions whatsoever. Uh, I have a feeling that's more Scott Boris than anything else, don't you think? That he wants to maximize the value of his free agent to be, uh, who may be the highlight, uh, meet the top uh, get in next year's free agency. So I really don't see. Uh, Boris eager at all to talk extension unless the Tigers come up with some stupid money. Yeah, that, that's true. And, and the other thing is, is there's, there's no real reason it has to be done in November anyway. You know? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot going on for Scott Boris and for the Tigers. You know, a lot of phone calls, a lot of uh, a lot of players that have to be to be sorted through. And then they got the winter meetings in, in early December. So there, there's just no reason they have to do it right now. You know, you got the rest of December, all of January and February and frankly March, you know. Mm-hmm. So there, there's plenty of time to, to talk about an extension. And I think if we look back uh, through, through some of the extensions, I, I think we would see the Tigers doing I think every single one of them that I'm, I can think of has, has happened after the winter meetings. So I, I'm, I'm just not thinking the timing is right for for any extension talk right now. Yeah, and uh, in a lot of ways, the Tigers are still busy just probably laying out their, their off-season uh, agenda, so to speak. And a lot of that will probably start taking place uh, with the winter meetings, which will be happening in the next few weeks and things like that. So I guess what it is, Kurt, is fans want everything done yesterday and – a lot of this stuff, especially if they're talking an extension for Scherzer, which is going to be hundreds of millions of dollars and numerous years and lots of fine print, uh, that's not something that's going to be done in a day. Right. And and besides that, the the, the number one priority still has to be Miguel Cabrera. He's, yeah. your, Hall, he's your Hall of Famer. He's your franchise. He, he has to be the, the first domino to fall here. Yeah, and that kind of leads to the... Uh, Rumors of a possible payroll crunch. Uh, some are saying the reason the Tigers let Jose Verisco, for example, who we talked about in the last podcast, that uh, the reason he's walking is money. That's that uh, it was $4 million because there was an escalator on his contract, and they just didn't want to pay that kind of money for essentially a setup man. And there's also talk that uh, Hernan Perez will end up being the starter at second base because they won't be willing to pay Omar Infante uh, what is likely going to be a two or three year deal, probably worth anywhere from eight to ten million dollars a year. So, uh, there's hints that maybe the Tigers have reached the limits of their payroll, Kurt. Do you think there's something to that? Have you been talking to Bill Simmons or something? <laughs> I, 
I, I don't, I just don't buy this at all. You know, mm-hmm. you don't keep Jose Veras because you watched how he did in the postseason and you got disappointed. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't quite, uh, he didn't turn out quite as well as, as the Tigers hoped. I, I think we could all agree that that last, you know, even in September, he, he, he was going in a direction where you're, you're not excited to keep him. And there's nothing that says, you can't try and sign him to a, a, a less expensive contract. Who right. can, is there anyone out there that's going to pay him on, on the free agent market what his option said he should get paid? I, I really don't think so. So I think the, the best financial move there was to take the buyout and, and then work on something independent of the option. So I, I, I don't think that's an indicator of the, the team dropping its payroll. I think that's an indicator of smart business. So... You or do you think that, it could be a, a precursor to maybe preparing for long extensions for Scherzer and Cabrera? I still don't think Scherzer is going to get the extension. I think Cabrera will because you have to. Yeah. You know, if there's anything that you have to do in the entire game of baseball, you have to keep Miguel Cabrera in Detroit. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think even if you got Verlander or you, you got Prince or whatever, I, I think if they let Cabrera leave the franchise, you know, mm-hmm. holy crap! Every everyone would be looking at it like an avalanche. You know that that they would everyone would take that as a bad sign, and, and it would hurt the the attendance and the fan morale and everything. So you keep Miguel. That is what you have to do, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's going to cost money. So I I just don't think Scherzer is really realistic. So no, and and as far as second base, I I do think they're going to get something done with Infante. Uh, you know they have to. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of talk saying, well, Mark Ellis is out there, and he's 37 years old and not very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I just – and Perez isn't very good. So, no, yeah, he's I, not very good either, actually, yeah. So, so it's, got, it's got to be Infante, and, and something will get done. But there's no reason that he has to go out and sign a contract right now either. So, you know, let, let, let some of these things cook for a little while longer. Yeah, yeah, and uh, – yeah, even if, there, if we are talking payroll crunch, it's not like the Tigers are going to be all of a sudden spending, uh, you know, like the Twins or the Astros or something. No, the, uh, this is still a team that's going to have a $140, $150 million payroll, for Christ's sake. So uh, I, I can under, understand that some of these positions, though, I can, they're going to be leery paying buku bucks, so to speak, uh, especially on someone like Perez. But I guess that kind of leads us to the bullpen, because that, in some of the free agency rumors, as I think the one, I don't even want to call it a juicy rumor, but at least one rumor that involved the Tigers, Kurt, was uh, the, is that there, there are reports that the Tigers were interested in A's closer Grant Balfour. Uh, and for the most part, the top closers in general. But th- that's really been the only rumor so far. Uh, if the Tigers do make a play in free agency, do you think that's going to be uh, where they, they spend the majority of their money? Is that they're going to be looking for at a Belfour or a Nathan or a Rodney or someone like that? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do think you know because it, it's not that Benoit did a bad job, but that you know I, I I think that we've seen with the Tigers that they always like to have a you know a, a specific closer, and, and mm-hmm. Benoit was kind of forced into it. So I I just don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to be Balfour, but that would be awfully funny to to have the guy who, you know, who's wearing it, Victor Martinez, and it's, mm-hmm. it's this huge, huge controversy in the ALDS. And, well, just and, don't stare at him, and he'll be fine. Yeah, it'd be funny, <laughs> though, that to have him come to the Tigers and be cheered by the fans who'd rather boo him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we know what they say. We, we cheer for the jersey. 
So sure, yep, it's all about the laundry. Yep, indeed. And uh, but I have a feeling though, when anything bullpen related, anything closure related in free agency, the Tigers are going to be linked to it, don't you think? Oh, sure, because you know not only was that their weak point before, but mm-hmm. now they they don't have a bullpen. Yeah, exactly. they, they've let most of it walk. So, yeah. <laughs> so they they have no choice but to acquire a bullpen now. Yeah. And I guess we should also make a point to say that the Tigers didn't make, as we suspected they wouldn't on the last podcast, the Tigers didn't make any qualifying offers to any other free agents. Uh, so there won't be any sandwich picks available to them if any of these players uh, sign with a different team. But uh, we, as we said before, Kurt, we saw that coming because I don't think they thought any of these uh, free agents to be were going to be worth $14 million over one season. No, no, none, none of them were, and you know. Uh, Infante would have been the closest you got to it because you really need a second baseman. Mm-hmm. And he might be looking for a longer-term deal rather than just a one-year thing. Exactly. But, but beyond him, nobody was going to – Yeah. yeah there, was, there was no offers to be made. Yeah, as, much, as nice as that $14 million contract would have been, uh, they would have, I'm sure Infante knows that he's going to probably get a three-year deal. And all, uh, in the Tigers' case, I'm sure they would prefer two. But I have a feeling it's going to take three years to lock down Infante and – it's all about security at this point, and I, you know, I don't blame him uh, for look, you know. And actually, that's something we got to mention, Kurt. We we can't blame any of these guys to looking to maximize their income because it's a business, and we. And I guess we do have to remember that it's not personal. I mean, if I'm Omar Infante, I'm not giving anybody a hometown discount, considering I'm coming off a career season. No, I'm not giving anyone a hometown discount either. So you know, if you want me to write for you, pony up. Yeah, you know, and that's that's something that always got me is that uh, fans seem to, uh, well, you know, they he, they gave him a chance, blah blah blah. They, uh, uh, you know, he they just, maybe they he should give him a discount because that way they can win a World Series. But you know, a World Series ring doesn't, uh, you know, build a new pool and put your kids through college, and 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 you got to put the shoe on the other foot. If the player didn't produce, if Infante uh, ended up being a disappointment, the Tigers. You know, would have washed her hands of him very, very, you know, very, very quickly. It's a business. It's, you know, it, it's all, both parties are going to look for every advantage possible. And both parties are going to be looking to get uh, the maximum value out of their agreements. And, I get, they all, and in a perfect world, they will find that middle spot where everybody's happy. But for them, uh, I guess I put it this way, Kurt. Uh, uh, as fans, I think we get a little too caught up in, in romanticizing the game of baseball, completely forgetting, or probably I better maybe put it, put it better. We, we ignore that it's a bottom line business, and it's all about one money, two money, and three winning. And four money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, I, 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 I'm sure a lot of fans, you know, still realize that, but. And it, it it never makes it it never it, it doesn't get any easier you know yeah. but but that, that yeah I mean look I I'd rather have a winning team yeah <laughs> that's that's all I want I I don't care if the winning team if I have to bring in some mercenaries to get a winning a World Series so be it yeah. so yeah. so why should the players see you know mm-hmm. anything it's the same for them you know yeah. they, they realize that. 
they need to to maximize during those few years of their life that they get to make amazing money. They they need to maximize that opportunity, or because mm-hmm. it's never coming back. Yeah, because this is like Omar Infante's one shot of at a huge uh, life changing contract, and uh, and he'll get it. He's going to get money from someone, and he's going to get a very very good deal. So, all right. Um, I guess we should also touch on award season. Is it's, it's already getting kind of silly. Uh, uh, I guess we should start with the the made for TV uh, finalists of the uh, little uh, announcement. I should say when it came to the uh, Baseball Writers Association of America awards, uh, the MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year, all Manager of the Year as well, and. Uh, Miguel Cabrera was named one of three finalists, along with Mike Trout and Chris Davis. Max Scherzer was named a finalist, quote-unquote, for the AL Cy Young. He's going up against uh, Iokama and Darvish. And Jose Iglesias is up for Rookie of the Year, facing the same two Rays that have been through every Rookie of the Year voting, uh, Will Myers and uh, Chris Archer. Uh, I don't, uh, I'll say this, Kurt. Uh, i got to at least give Major League Baseball credit. They did a great job this past week of Creating television over announcing all these goofy awards, uh, uh, the Players' Choice Awards, and you know obviously the BBWAA Awards. Uh, I just say, I gotta say, as a blogger, it was annoying <laughs> because he really, for the most one, the Players' Choice Awards are meaningless. It kind of uh, reminds me of the People's Choice Awards or the uh, or the Nickelodeon Awards or or MTV Awards or whatever you want to call them. And obviously, like I had questions on Facebook when, uh, when you know, uh, the post came up about "quote unquote" finalists for the MVP, and people were confused. Like, what? Is there going to be another vote? You know, and I had to explain. No, they're just saying these are the top three uh, vote getters, and they're going to announce the winner next week. But uh, all it is, Kurt, all this was this past week of award. Oh yeah, plus we hit what the Gold Gloves came out, amongst other don't, things. Don't forget the Wilson Award. Yes, yes, exactly. That it was just all it gave MLB uh, the MLB network an opportunity to, to chop out an hour programming they could keep rerunning the entire night uh, more than anything else because uh, yeah I, be honest with you I I cannot get excited over the ML, over the players choice awards or the gold gloves or any of that crap I don't get excited about any awards and, yeah you know and I was having this discussion with someone yesterday this is the way I see it what goes on between the lines is exciting. Mm-hmm. Jose Iglesias making that amazing, you know, gold glove worthy play at shortstop where he's throwing it as he's diving. You know, that's exciting. That's baseball. I get excited for that. I I enjoy being able to make predictions and seeing if they're going to come true. I don't care about things that are subjective and awards are subjective. I, I, I don't. I know baseball's always been built as a game of, you know, let's debate this, let's debate that, who's this in history. I, but personally, me, I don't give a damn about a single subjective thing like that. So, I, I mean, I don't care who's the MVP. I don't care who the players think is best. I don't care what the Globe Gloves is best. You know, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't care. And I know a lot of people do, and some people care intimately, and they probably think I'm crazy right now or some sort of a spoil sport. But I just don't care because they don't matter. Yeah. Well, I, I, well first let me add this. Uh, they don't think. They know you're you're <laughs> you're crazy in a spoil sport, so to speak. I mean, you you are uh, a curmudgeon of, of the uh, top order, 
And, and that's a compliment, actually. That is a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to change that to my motto on Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm with you there. For the most part, uh, you know, it, 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 it'll be cool if, if when Cabrera wins the MVP, which he likely will, and sure, the, the Cy Young. But, yeah, there's I, – I, I find myself tuning out of most of this other stuff, or even that for that matter – Whenever, especially when I see online, Kurt, uh, another argument of the Trout versus Cabrera or, or or any of these kind of wars where they start arguing over this or trying to make case for one or the other. I'm at the point now with any of this, I, I just tune it out. I ignore it. I don't care. You know, if Cabrera wins, awesome. If he doesn't, well, Mike Trout had a great year and he deserves it too. So, I, again, this is all uh, – I, I, you know, it's bullshit. <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. I, I have, it, it's all about, and we said earlier in the podcast, it's all about money and winning. And the MVP, if you, you, you the MVP, if he gets, the, if Cabrera gets the MVP, it's because the Tigers are winning. And well, that's great. But uh, to get all wrapped up into arguing over this and trying to make cases for one or the other, or or, or, or even worse, where you start denigrating the opposition over it. And, and we saw we've seen plenty of that as well. Uh, you know, you're right. The debate is getting out of control about all of this stuff, and MLB is just feeding into it with all this made-for-TV crap. I'm too old for this shit. I think that's a good way to put it, <laughs> and that's why we should it's just a, move on. You know, for the for the unemployed college kids or something, maybe they can. <laughs> I don't I don't have time to give a damn what anyone else thinks. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, and but you know, we will report on it. We will write posts on all this because we'll be busy all next week with the as as baseball and the baseball writers drag it out all week. But they'll be announcing each award each day. I think uh, Monday is uh, hell. I don't even remember at this point. But I know next Thursday that'll be MVP, and I think the Cy Young's before that. I really don't care after that. But uh, one is. Oh, whatever, uh, this, I'm I'm losing my mind over this. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah well, I guess that leads us to more awards. Unfortunately, the SB oh. Nation Awards. Oh God. <laughs> or uh, I didn't even vote. Yeah, you didn't vote in that. No. Well, I'm glad I did then. <laughs> Just so we had a uh, uh, bless you boys. At least had a representation in that. But in the SB Nation Awards, Mike Trout beat Miguel Cabrera for AL Best Player, and it wasn't even close, Nerd. taking yeah, 35 of 39 uh, first place votes. And I think you called it right there because the vast majority of people running these sites that were involved in the voting are stats nerds. Look, it's the war standings. I, yeah. think, we, I think everyone knows that it's the war standings, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just not even worth giving a damn about. Yeah, and uh, as I posted on Facebook, I, to paraphrase a famous quote from The Simpsons, don't blame me, I voted for Cabrera. Yeah, I would have voted for Kodos, actually. That probably would have been a better vote, but it would have went to, um, probably would have meant more. <laughs> and also in the SB Nation Awards, uh, Max Scherzer did win AL Best Pitcher. He took pretty much, he dominated as well taking 32 of 39 place, first-place votes. And once again, Jose Iglesias, poor Jose, keeps falling short in his Rookie of the Year voting, uh, Kurt. Uh, he was second once again for the AL, best AL rookie, uh, falling behind uh, Will Myers again. So well, if well, there's been one trend in this, it's, it's been Jose Iglesias finishing, finishing second. Well, you know, Will, Will Myers was handed the Rookie of the Year award back last February. So. Yeah, you're right. 
It didn't matter. He didn't, you know, he didn't even get called up for half the season. And he, he, he will have, I believe he will be the rookie of the year position player with the fewest games ever played. So, but he, he played, so he won. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you look at previous rookie of the year winners, that's no guarantee, uh, uh, they're going to have a, end up having a great career, Hall of Fame career. You know, Myers is a good player, could be a great player, but he might not be. Who knows? So, again, it's all meaningless, you know, kind of like life. <laughs> Boy, no, 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 I won't go that far. And you think I'm the curmudgeon. Yeah, no kidding. We're both being very curmudgeon on this podcast. Uh, okay, Kurt, I want to give you a chance maybe to toot your own horn this week because uh, you wrote a very uh, highly praised post and the new long-form style we have available to us at SB Nation on Jim Leland's legacy. And you know what, Kurt? I don't think I saw one single bad word said about it. It was that impressive of a piece. I mean, I, I, mean, I got to see it before I went live, and I, I told Kurt I loved it. And uh, it really, uh, I think it really summed up all those eight years quite nicely, Kurt. And uh, I just want to say congratulations on uh, – uh, on a post that got a hell of a lot of attention. I think it really worked well online because I really think it would have been wasted on some of the the, uh, the readers of the Detroit News. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I, I, I know, don't not know. Not to insult your I, employers, but that's my feeling anyway. Uh, it's more of an, a magazine piece. Yeah, you know? I think that's the best way to put it. it, it and I'm, I'm glad people liked it, and, you know, and, you know, thanks for reading it before it came out. And, uh, you know, I want to thank Hook Slide. He read it. He offered a few suggestions. Uh, you know, our friend Patrick, Tiger Dog One, he read it. He offered a few suggestions. You know, I, I take what everyone says. Uh, you know, I, I look at it. I look at it from the different points of view, and then I incorporate as much as what I think will work. So, you know, working with editors, uh, you know, it, it can be fun. And, and as an editor working with writers, it can be fun. So, it, you know, it, it wasn't. it's not just my piece. You know, I, I so I, I want to thank everyone who, who helped. And, of course, you know, Justin Bopp uh, of uh, SB Nation, the, the baseball manager, he did the layout. You know, he picked the photos for it uh, and doctored them up so, to give a nice look. And, you know, so so thanks to Justin for, you know, for, for offering and for making it look nice. And, you know, it's just a project that, you know, my name may have been on it, but it, it's a project that I, I, I hope speaks of bless you boys more than I hope mm-hmm. speaks of me. I, I, I said this is a showpiece for bless you boys. This is showing off. What a, what a great site it is. You know, it's not just my site. You know, it's, it's, it's Al and it's, it's Rob and it's Patrick and it's Hookslide and it's Melissa. It's, it's everyone who, 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 you know, contributes. So I, I want the, the, the site to reflect well on everyone. So, I, you know, I, I hope that the, the Leland piece makes people who maybe didn't see Bless You Boys or who maybe didn't have an opinion. I hope they go look at Bless You Boys. That's one heck of a site. And and everyone you know is is lifted by it. So I you know I I don't want it to be about me. I I'd rather be about everyone else. Oh, that that's quite nice of you. And uh, I also want to add that it's nice to see uh, a long form piece get it get more attention than uh, a gif of like a ball hitting someone on the head. But if the ball hits somebody in the nuts, I would be second fiddle. Yes, indeed. Uh, and no, then that's the worst part about the off season is that we we have no gifts. You know, then those get those get readers for God forbid. Oh well. Uh, and let me ask you before we start wrap up the podcast, Kurt. Uh, how long did it take you to nail down that piece? Uh, I, I can't I can't imagine it was something you knocked out in a day. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I, I wrote for about an hour, and then I, I, I wrote a little bit more while I was watching The Bourne Legacy on television, and, you know, I put it away for the night. And uh, after after you guys looked at it, you know, I maybe added about half an hour more work into in writing. It <laughs> probably can take more than two hours. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Well, hey, you know, you, I, I come from a journalism background. You yeah, know. that has so, a lot to do with it. So being able to type my ass off, yes. it, it was a job skill, so I still have that. <laughs> and with that, uh, let's start wrapping up the show. So uh, I guess that means it's because really there's not much else to talk about at this point because uh, anything we talk about Osmos would be pure speculation, and we never speculate on this podcast. And yep. as we said earlier, uh, you know, it's way too early to make any kind of judgments, and there's nothing going on in free agency yet. So, uh, obviously, hopefully, we'll have more to talk about whenever we do have the next podcast. I'm not sure if we'll have one next week because there might not be anything to talk about. We'll have to wait and see. But before we get to that point, uh, anything you'd like to add, Kurt? Any final thoughts before we wrap up this podcast? Um, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it might, it might, <laughs> Just in case we don't podcast for a month. Oh gosh. Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really think so. <laughs> nope. Yeah, and that's the thing. Since we now in the off season, there really isn't a lot to get all uh, upset or happy or thrilled about until the Tigers start making some moves, and there really are no moves to discuss because. Uh, it, it, you know, even the rumors are just a little more than, well, Susan Slusher uh, says that uh, the Tigers have interest in uh, Grand Belfort. Well, no shit. <laughs> they have interest in Grand Belfort. So uh, they're going to have interest in every uh, reliever out there. So And they're going to listen to trade offers from whatever players. Yeah, so. And they will for every player on the team, for Christ's sake. It's called, you know, doing your job. Yeah. That's what the Tigers are doing. So yeah. the Tigers do their job and a rumor happens. Yeah, and I'll just add this in that I do think there is a little too much parsing of Dave Nabrowski's words as of late. Uh, who knows what will end up happening, but – uh, uh, when it was brought up with uh, that, he they, well, the Tigers didn't specifically talk you know talk about uh, uh, Omar Infante, but they did bring up Hernan Perez, and you know, they in that press conference he brought up six starters. That means they're going to trade one. Uh, it doesn't really mean much of anything, at least in my opinion, because that's Dave Nabrowski, and I don't believe anything Dave Nabrowski says until he actually does it. So uh, yeah, it gives us something to talk about, but. Dave Nabrowski plays his cards so close to the vest or inside his vest. And right now, anything we're hearing about the Tigers being interested in or going to do is pure speculation. Nothing, there's, there's hardly anything to it. So uh, I, I, I'll just put it this way. If Dave Nabrowski's lips are moving, he's lying. Or <laughs> pure and simple. It's so, going to be fun to be Dave Nabrowski. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. You know, if, if he's not lying to the press, he's got nice uh, expensive seats to see the Pistons play. And he looks damn good in a polo shirt. So. Don't we all? <laughs> With that, let's wrap up the show. As my mother is arriving shortly to drink up my coffee. So. <laughs> all right. With that, uh, I guess we should... Uh, at Kurt, where can they find you online? Uh, BYB Kurt, is that right? I, I believe put, so. Put it in the show notes. I don't, I don't call myself on the phone, and I don't really tweet myself. So. Yes, yes, I believe it is that. And of course, uh, you're usually behind the at Bless You Boys account as well. Uh, if you want to find Hookslide, uh, he's Hookslide BYB. He should be back with us on the next podcast. I hope he's enjoying his weekend. 
And, of course, uh, be on the lookout for, uh, well, actually, you guys aren't really doing much at the SB Nation MLB account because, well, there's no baseball to talk. There's no games to tweet about. So, uh, oh, now let me add uh, uh, Big Al BYB. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Usually right now I'm just mostly moaning about the Wolverines and, and the Lions. Uh, yeah, and poor Melissa. I think she's melting down over the Wolverines right now. So <laughs> You know what? She she should be a Spartan fan. Yeah. <laughs> the Spartans are fun, and they're awesome, and they're better than Michigan. And they're going to the Big Ten title game. I'd be pretty sure of that. And and they're going to win the, the basketball championship, too. Well, uh, that, I think the Wolverines have a pretty good team this year. But, yeah, I think they're both going to end up ranked in the top ten. Aren't the, I believe the Spartans are number two going into the season. So... And they did kick ass Friday night, so. Big game against Kentucky coming up. Oh, yeah, the one that uh, John Calipari says is unfair to his team because, well, he's got youngsters. Oh, oh who cares? <laughs> and with that, since we've covered the gamut of baseball, football, and basketball, I think it's time to wrap up the show. So uh, until, well, there's next time there's news, I should say. Cause, uh, I don't want to promise a podcast next week unless the Tigers are actually making some news because right now we're – well, maybe we'll feel like talking about the awards, but going by a current attitude about the MVP and Cy Young, we may not. Just read the site. Uh, regardless of that, be on the lookout, and don't forget to change your uh, feeds for the podcast so you're getting the newest content. So regardless of when we podcast again, be on the lookout for it. So until this time in the future, this is Al Beaton saying good afternoon and good luck, along with Kurt Manchin. Go get that fuck, Al. Uh, I have come. I have come back. Hunting season. Hunting season. It's it's a week away. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, I haven't hunted in like twenty five, thirty years. So, oh well. But yeah, well, yeah, you're in hunting territory. Well, you know, I don't think you're supposed to fire guns in the city. Yeah. They, well, yeah, and I'm. I can't do it if we're on that either. So I guess. Uh, uh, we'll go hunt the other kind of buck. Kurt, that would be the dollar sign buck on the next Bless You Boys podcast. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. Old moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.